Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Can I tell you that God is amazing? I want to give God praise for another Sunday that he has brought us together to learn his word and to understand how important his word is in our lives. But before I begin, I want to remind everybody that Radio Free Brooklyn is sponsored in part by PharmaGear, offering little or no cost medical braces. More information is available at 844-598-6639. Now I have a question. I always have a question, right? I know you guys are probably saying, she, oh, every Sunday she has a question for us. But I do have a question. If someone were to ask you what two words people have the most trouble hearing, what do you think the answer would be? And when I mean that, when I say that, I mean when people hear these words, they just, they don't want to hear these words. What do you think they are? The two words that people do not want to hear when they have to hear it. You thinking about it? Most of you would probably say that one of the words would be no, right? Then nobody wants to hear the word no. But can I tell you that I believe the two words that people have the most trouble hearing are wait and change. Would you agree with what I said? No one wants to hear that they have to wait. Think about it. When you are at the airport and you are ready to begin that vacation that you have been waiting for for so long and you hear an announcement over the loudspeaker stating that your flight has been delayed and that you will have to wait before you can board. Then to add insult to injury, not only do you have to wait for the plane, you now have to change gates because they have moved your boarding location. Or how about, how about when you have to wait in line to complete a transaction or when you have to wait for an order that you called in advance just so that you wouldn't have to wait, right? So we have become so accustomed to not waiting or not wanting to wait that merchants have created apps where you can order ahead and then just come in and pick up whatever it is that you ordered, whether it be sitting on a shelf with your name on it or whether someone's just standing there giving you a ticket for something. In, in, in either case, you don't have to wait, right? But what do we do when we have to wait on the Lord? Now, I haven't seen an app for that. I haven't seen an app where when God gives you a vision or a promise for your life, that there's an app that says, okay, let me plug this in and I can just go and pick up my promise and keep it moving. How many of you know that you are going to have to wait, right? But now let's look at why we wait and why, why, it's actually the best part of our journey or our promise. Now, I know that's probably hard for all of you to, to believe. How could anything that has to do with waiting or change be the best part of any part of anyone's life, right? But we're going to learn. Today's lesson 
I titled The Weight, The Change, and What It Means. So now here it is. Just when you think, I know what my calling is, God has finally revealed to me my purpose in life. You think that the journey is going to go smooth sailing, right? But as God would have it, (laughs) not exactly. God will give you a vision that might not come to fruition for years, possibly generations, right? Let's look to the scriptures for examples of this very thing. And we begin with Genesis and Abram, the father of many nations. We will have several scripture readings today. And of course, you know, they're all coming from NKJV, the New King James Version. But our first scripture reading is coming from Genesis 17, 1 to 8. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Now let's examine these scriptures a little closer. Number one, we see, look how old Abram was when God spoke to him. Abram was 99 years old. That right there is a lesson within itself. But for today's purpose, we're only going to look at just it, just the one part of it. This tells me that you are capable of doing whatever it is God has for you to do whenever you are ready to do what God has for you to do. Let me say that again. You are capable of doing whatever it is God has for you to do whenever you are ready to do what God has for you to do. We always want to use the excuse that we're too old. We waited too long. We don't have enough time to accomplish all that God has placed in our lives. If we had only did or paid attention sooner, no more excuses. You are ready to do what God has for you to do when God speaks to you to do it. All you have to do is trust and believe. Number two, when God speaks to you and you hear what he has said to you, you need to fall on your knees and worship. Give him glory and praise, right? We need to take time to praise God for coming into our lives to make us aware of his plans for us. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? And that comes from Psalm 8 and 4. 
of all that God has created, the mountains, the rivers, the clouds, the trees, the birds, we are his greatest creation. He loves us the most. Three, when you show reverence to the Lord, he will continue to speak into your life. When God first spoke to Abram, he said a general statement, sort of, it was sort of ambiguous, right? He said to Abram, I am mighty God, walk before me and be blameless. I will make my covenant between you and me and will multiply you exceedingly. That's all he told him. It was after Abram fell on his face that the Lord continued to speak, going into more details of the plans for Abram's life. I believe that this could be the place where most of us miss it. And when I say that, I mean, think about it. We don't wait around long enough giving God the glory and praise for what he has said to us. As soon as we get a word, we run with it. The first word we get, not waiting around to hear the rest of the story or the details of the journey, right? Now, I'm not saying that what God said to Abram was all revealing because nothing was revealed to him in its entirety. There was still many important details that had been omitted by God, but, but that is where the change takes place, where the formation begins. You have to accept and believe that the Lord has told you and what he has told you is true and allow yourself to be changed in order to fit into the plans that he has prepared for you, right? He knows what he created you to do. He knows what he created you to be, and he knows where he needs you to be in order to fill the shoes that he has made for you to wear. When you are receptive to the formation, you can experience the change that needs to take place. Number four, God will change your name. Now, when we become Christians, it's not that God is going to literally change our name, but think of the names that you had been called in the past, right? In your past, think of all the names that people have called you irresponsible, unworthy, unqualified, unlovable, lacking intelligence. And I'm sure there are other choice names that I won't mention on the air, but you got the gist of it, right? But now having accepted Christ, you are a new creature. You will have new names attached to you from those who knew you. Precious, fearfully and wonderfully made, courageous, victorious, apple of his eye, created in the very image of God, right? Point number five, what God has for you will last for generations. Know that you are not the only person affected by what God has placed in your hands to accomplish. Your family is not the only ones affected by what God has placed in your hands to accomplish. What you have to do for God will affect many, even millions, all for his glory. You can't see it. 
It's beyond your realm of comprehension, but trust and believe it's happening. Like a seed, right? Let's take this for an example, like a seed planted in the dirt and watered. No one knows what is happening beneath the soil, but there are changes taking place. Every day, teeny tiny changes that we are totally unaware of. But one day, all of a sudden, we see a stem pushing out of the dirt and the plant begins to grow. It looks now, here it is, the plant that's growing out from the dirt, it looks totally different from the seed that you placed in the soil. That is you in your transformation. You look nothing like how you started out, but only if you allow the change to occur. The next person we're going to look at also has his roots in Genesis. We're going to look at Joseph and his coat of many colors, Genesis 37, two to nine. Now, Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brothers and the lad was with the sons of Bela and the sons of Zelpa, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father, the tattletale that he was. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. They, there we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And the brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall we indeed have, shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now here's another lesson. We have to learn that when God speaks to us about our vision or our calling, it's not for us to go sharing it with everybody. They are not ready to receive what the Lord has said to you because it wasn't meant for them. It was meant for you. And at the time that you are given the vision, you're not even ready to step into it. So why are you going telling people what it's about? You have to respect the process, wait and walk in the change. As we all know, Joseph went through many changes, right? His brothers hated him. So in their hating him, they sold him into slavery he was then put in jail allegedly for trying to rape the king's wife. But by the time, by the time he was through with everything that he had encountered for through his life and the time became right, 
he was ready to walk into his blessings, right? And that's going to be the same thing that's going to happen to you. You're going to have to endure many hardships as you are moving through your promise and the words that God has spoken to you. But just know, trust the process so that you can be ready. And with this, I say, that was a lot to take in, right? All that that we just went through with Abram and Joseph, that was a lot for us to take in. So I think it's time for us to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like.
just say yes you lead the way i'm not afraid of what it means for me to say that this life you gave is not my own i'm trusting you to hear my yes and lead me on
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. We are talking today about the lessons that we learn when God speaks to us involving our calling. So let's continue with our lesson, the weight, the change, and what it means. Let's now take a look at another person that God put in the waiting pattern and change. Let's move to the book of Exodus where we find Moses. Now Moses was born a Hebrew and in order for his life to be spared, his mother had to put him in the Nile river because at that time the Pharaoh, the King was going around killing all the firstborns, right? So his mother, in order to save him, which was best for his survival, she put him in the Nile river. And because he was destined to become Prince in the house of Pharaoh, of course, you know, Pharaoh's sister found him. She took him in and she raised him as if he were her own son. Now, God allowed all that to happen in Moses's life because he needed to be close to his people and their enemies in order to understand the connection. Now in Exodus 2 11, it says, now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Now, Moses gets upset. He kills the Egyptian. He then has to flee to the mountains because once Pharaoh finds out that he killed an Egyptian, he wants to now kill Moses. So he flees to the mountains, begins to ten of to tend to flocks with herdsmen that are in the mountains in um, Midian. That's where he went. Now he was there for 40 years working with the shepherd families, right? And when God summoned him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, it was time. 
it was time when God went and found him in the wilderness. Not that he had to find him because he knew where Moses was. But at that time, Moses had learned how to lead people. All the work that he was doing, working with the flock, being a shepherd, being a herdsman, he knew how to lead people. Moses had to go through the transformation and obtain his change before he could complete his assignment. And in Exodus 3.10, we see, come now, therefore, and I, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. From that, we have Moses confronting the Pharaoh and leading the children out of Egypt. From Moses, we move on to King David. Now, David was given the anointing to be king in 1 Samuel 16, 10 to 13. Thus, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest and there he is coming, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So now here we have it. David is anointed king by Samuel. Because if you know the story of Samuel and David and and King Saul, you know that Saul messed up. He didn't follow what God had told him to do. And for that, he dethroned him and anointed David to be the next king. So Samuel had to go out and find who this next king was. That's how he ended up in Jesse's house. That's how all the sons came in and David was able to be anointed king. But can I tell you, David was given the blessing from God to be king. But he had to wait years before he sat on a throne, enduring many hardships. That all the hardships that he went through, that's how all them Psalms were written. Because he was running for his life most of the time. Somebody was always after him. He was always in a battle. He was always fighting someone or some or a group of armies. He was always fighting. But don't you know, David being a man after God's own heart, although he had to endure all that hardship with the fighting of the wars and everybody trying to kill him, David still became king. David still became king because God was with him the entire time and the blessing was upon him. And from King David, we move to the king of kings. Jesus himself. We know that he was born to a virgin in a manger to take upon himself all the sins of the world. Now his weight, his weight was the longest because he was here from the beginning of time. He was, he was with the three, with God, the father, God, the spirit, they created the heavens and the earth. So if anyone had to wait, he had to wait. But he had to wait because he had to wait for everyone else to go through what they had to go through. 
right? Before he could be born. So after he was able to be born, he grew up and then he began his ministry. So throughout the lives of all the people that I have highlighted this morning, the common thread amongst them, God gives a command or speaks or he spoke into their lives. They had to wait and go through the process of preparing for their journey all the while enduring hardships and adversity before they were able to accomplish what God had purposed in their lives. So we can take away from all of this and our takeaways are God has a plan for everything and everyone. God's plan will come to pass. God will only give you what he knows you are capable of completing. God lets you know ahead of time, long before you experience any changes, you just have to listen. He'll tell you what his plan is for your life. With God, there will be a waiting period and a transformation period before you are called to step into your purpose. You will endure hardship. Trust and believe. It's going to be there. But with all of it, God is with you always and you will succeed. Just when you think you know something, he gives you the opportunity to learn something else, right? I hope that this lesson has been a source of encouragement to someone out there looking for the promise, waiting for the fulfillment of the promise that God gave them not seeing the full results, remember, you will have to wait and go through a change before he has officially called you. In the meantime, in the meantime, while you wait, go through the process. Welcome the lessons that are there to be learned. And remember, they are preparing you for your biggest, uh, your biggest accomplishments to come. Prepare and be ready when called, right? And that ends our lesson for today. So with today being the last Sunday in July, we're going to stick with our word and our word of the month was conqueror, right? We'll change the word next week because we'll be going into a next, a new month next week. But our promise for this week is going to come from Proverbs 2, 6, and 7. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. And with that, I say enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Have a blessed week. Remember, COVID is out there, wear your mask, social distance, continue to wash your hands. And until we meet again, God willing, next week, peace. My heart started pounding as I listened 
to what I was saying Cause in my head I never thought it could happen to me But I recall what I was taught In the 34th chapter of the book of Psalms In spite of our afflictions He'll deliver us from them all My trust still lies in you
Tell somebody, say, forever's a long time. Say, but God loves you that long.
Come on, let him know that you're hungry for him. That you're 